What's up, beautiful people? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Born to Rise. Born to Rise is an incredible foundation that offers a platform for regular people to share their heartfelt stories of how they overcame hardships and traumas. Born to Rise hosts annual events with guest speakers from around the world to come here in Montreal and talk. They are planning to expand across Canada. For more information, visit borntorise.net and stay connected with such a powerful cause. There's a big Born to Rise event coming up in the next few months in Montreal. If you're around the area, check out borntorise.net, get your tickets, and come and see what this event is all about. Are you tired of wearing the same old boring clothes? Don't you want clothes that represent something that you're passionate about or just something that makes you and your friends laugh? Then go check out stylishremix.shop. They have super awesome t-shirts, hoodies, socks, and pillows with funny puns, movie references, and cute avocados to brighten up your wardrobe and make your style unique. Use the code name CHIMPS10 and save 10% off any and all purchases. If you want to get a nice gift for a friend, girlfriend, or whoever, they have a really cool um, t-shirt that's a Tyrannosaurus Rex holding a wine glass, and it says Winosaurus on it. So go get yourself a Winosaurus t-shirt today at stylishremix.shop with the code name CHIMPS10. Save 10% off that purchase and show the world that you are a Winosaurus. Welcome to Curious Chimps Podcast. I'm Nathaniel Pearl. And I'm Sammy Sheva. And welcome. We here at Curious Chimps are law-abiding citizens. We do not endorse anything illegal. And anything we discuss is for entertainment and not information purposes. We are not experts, and nor do we claim to be. So please, consult the doctors, do your research, read the label, and for the love of all that is holy, be safe. All right, let's talk about drugs. Curious, curious, curious chips. So, we got Andre here today. Mm-hmm. What's up, brother? Good, man. Andre's I'm happy the, to be here. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming. Yeah, Andre's it. been my yoga teacher for a while, and we just connected to the studio. We're, we're pretty pretty much homies. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've done this class where it's like a yin slash massage class. Oh, you told and, me about that. We, yeah. We've been doing it together for a while. You haven't been doing it for a while, I think, because you were gone for a bit. Yeah, there's a little schedule change, but I yeah. should be back on that pretty soon because, yeah. yeah, it's a sweet class to teach. Yeah, man. And people, people really love it. I mean, it's a perfect combination, right? You're stretching and then you got Nate coming around, giving you some... Uh, an active smooth, release. Active release. Yeah. What's well, more? Uh, Whispering <laughs> sweet nothing. <laughs> yeah. Shh, it's okay. <laughs> well, they just hear is my sweat dripping and <laughs> some some huffing and puffing. But it's very comic. Do you, do you have like the, the block or something? Like do, do they let you know if if they want to be touched or not? Or, or is well, it, you is show everyone? up for that class. Okay. It's so pretty it's much like, you know, there's not a lot of people, but everybody knows that. It's called the yin tonic. Ooh. So the yin is like the the deep stretching part, and then the tonic is my man Nate. Uh, <laughs> You're the tonic baby. Like, tonic man, I'll take it. <laughs> there was once speaking of those little cards. This woman had the car- like she took the circle that says like sweating, or and then the opposite yeah. side says like do not touch or something. Yeah, it's like uh, yeah, just sweating. Okay. Yeah. So she put it there, but she put it to the one where it's like please touch, you know. Yeah. But I just saw it and it registered. Oh, she doesn't want to be touched. Like, yeah. I didn't even read it. Mm-hmm. So I go, I massage everyone, and she came to me after like, was there something wrong with me? <laughs> And I'm like, is it me? I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, like I really, I, I never saw that before. And I'm like, oh, she doesn't want to be touched. It's okay. That's funny because she grabbed that to be like, 
I really <laughs> want to be touched. Like, like, <laughs> I gave her like the opposite. Go to town. And, yeah. exactly. Oh, I felt horrible. Yeah, I told her. When it's uh, adjustments, please. And then yeah. to, um, just sweating. sweating yeah. So then I told her I'd, I'd give her double time next time. She never came back. So <laughs> Someone out there Probably hates me. I'm sorry, lady. <laughs> I felt horrible about that one. Oh, Nate. Can't win them all, man. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> so, Andre, you have, uh, well, you went to Vipassana recently. I did. And uh, we've spoken about Vipassana quite a bit on this podcast. A bunch of times. Mm-hmm. And yeah, man, that's a journey in itself. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've been uh, listening to a few uh, few episodes and particularly why well, I mentioned to you, like the one that you guys were talking about when uh, pretty much when you came back and it was kind of like the Vipassana and psychedelics uh, episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I was, I was dinging it because well, it inspired me to... Uh, and uh, I shared with you, like, because it was my second time around, right? My second 10 mm. day. And I did a three day last summer. So, you know, already a little bit of experience behind the belt, still a lot of learning. It's always a crazy, intense uh, roller coaster ride, no matter how many times you do it. And mm. But it was fun to, uh, one of the things I remember you saying uh, was when you were talking about the ceremony and kind of, you feeling that you uh, you had at some point this kind of flow or vibe where you're just holding it down for the for the people who were there for the first time and all yeah. that and that struck a chord and I find that it's it was inspiring to to kind of embody that at this this particular time like you're going you're through your own shit you have your own challenges and they're super tough but that just gives you that extra kick to stay seated and still for when you know well. that there's yeah. people that are that are hitting their heads against the wall for the first <laughs> time with this and it's like <laughs> and it's funny because i was in their shoes and then i remember seeing the dudes because you know it's organized the, the people who've been there more often are at the front so that you know you have this example of stoicism all the way to the back and i remember being inspired by these people who are like statues the whole time mm-hmm. And then going to see them after one or two people like yo you were my shit i was looking at you and like made <laughs> me stay a little bit longer every yeah. time and then this time around having somebody tell me that Fuck was yeah. like and i i still consider myself you know really an amateur in this whole journey but just having that like i was like oh there we go you Fuck just yeah. keep 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 going at it keep doing the the reps like you were saying yeah and, you know somebody's going to get inspired and it's going to make a difference with somebody's in somebody's life but think about that just from being there yeah (laughs) being consistent in your practice look what it can can do to someone else without ever saying a word yeah you know yeah just holding space it's just as simple as that and uh, i mean i've been hard on myself uh, for many years in that sense in like wanting to make a difference and wanting to inspire Mm. and like you know have the most impact possible especially you know as a yoga teacher and uh, as somebody who's you know sensitive to the world uh, issues and etc cetera, etc cetera. but i remember distinctively this one time just when i was starting to teach yoga and you know as you start something new you always have this kind of imposter syndrome because you, you kind of fake it till you make it you don't know if you're doing is right and uh, this one teacher, Jordana, you know Jordana from the oh, yeah. studio, yeah. 
uh, she came to take one of my classes and I was talking to her about this and she said well as long as one person in the class has their best breath of the day then like your job is done you did it and it's it's mm. a, it's similar it's like if you're just doing your thing and they might not even say it uh, it might take them years to share it but you're 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 making a difference for somebody just by doing you right mm. it's like the lowest bar but it's still so high so it's so gratifying it's mm -hmm. like you're putting all this pressure on yourself to perform literally and teach and be so like in your head and like trying to manage something that's supposed to be like this education of, of peace and equanimity mm -hmm. and and then someone hopefully yeah comes along and says hey if one person had one fucking moment all worth it and you're like you're right shit man and for sure a bunch of people had great moment you said one little cue yeah. or you just didn't say something at the right time and it changed their whole practice yeah and you're like i know that feeling for sure i've given that feeling and yeah it's and it's easy it's to like when you like when you do anything in life uh, you know once you get into the routine once you do it too often and it's easy to kind of get a little blase mm. and uh, but it's always you know coming back to well number one the trust that whatever you're doing is is, is good and is is you know somebody's getting benefits from it mm. and not allowing yourself to kind of even if it's repetitive, even if you're teaching a lot of the same things, you know, keep it fresh for yourself if that's what you need to, to stay motivated. But know that whatever you're teaching, this gonna like there's always gonna be a new student in class that is learning something for the first time, even though you've taught it a hundred times. Mm -hmm. And um, and yeah, and just remembering that it reminds me of uh, of yoga teacher training and of some of these practices that are just start again like going to, uh, at the vipassana says it's just like you just got to restart continuously and even though there's like a certain sense of boredom just that can get uh, that could um, instill itself into whatever you're practicing into whatever is routine always try to have a beginner's mind that not knowing mind that can always find something new that could always find a different way of saying things uh, the same yeah. with like you know the, the Zen circle practice that calligraphy meditation practice that's just like people spend their entire lives just trying to draw trying a perfect a circle. circle yeah <laughs> it's like how, how maddening yeah. is that for most of us just like oh my god you want to go crazy just thinking about it but I love it though it's yeah. like you're ignoring you're ignoring the idea of plateaus you know, and I'm, in a way, I guess there aren't any. It's like you you literally are going back to the beginning all the time and kind of shedding, 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 shedding. So it's not the same as like a skill. I don't know. It is it is the same thing in terms of repeating until you're successful. But like there's no clear marker for success. Obviously, you're, you feel lighter. You might maybe you catch yourself in certain situations faster and, you know, What's that? What did, it, what did they say? Fire? F frequency, intensity, recovery, and something. I don't, know, I don't remember, but it's like you notice some changes in your life. But it's like, I don't know, if you practice a skill, you can get objectively better. And then you have to remind yourself, like, oh, I, I know I'm plateauing here, but like I got to keep going. But with meditation, with looking inward, it's just like a, it's like a tornado. It's like a forest. Like there's no clear path. And at the same time as there is, uh, because you just 
keep going forward. I don't know. The metaphor is breaking down mm. in my mind a little bit, but it's. But it's, it makes sense. Cause, <laughs> I mean, like, no matter t- how many times you walk that same path in the forest, it's always different because the seasons change, the weather is different, et cetera, et cetera. So there's always something new to discover. And even if you if you let yourself just go in auto mode through that path, then for sure it's going to be boring. But if you just for give yourself that 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 check in every time you step into that forest that, hey, I'm here now, then everything is always new and everything is always rich and joyful and et cetera. Even when it's dark and tough, then you can still hmm. find uh, find something to learn, right? That's what was big about Vipassana was that there were those peaks and valleys in that experience where like two days I felt zero. Then the third day I was just like this insane DMT like experience. And then the next day was like a collapse and then the next day was a collapse and then back up. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's just a reminder that you're observing it all. Yeah. You know, you're observing like the down, the down slopes, the up slopes, whatever. And that applies to everything. You know, it's just, if you hold on to that experience, if I was in the bottom and I held on, then I'm going to be miserable stuck there. Mm-hmm. But if I, remind myself that it's observing it through it's going to go back up and it's just you're this this passive observer so it's not that passive you're still doing something but in the and also in the sense you're not doing anything it's like this weird dance you're doing with yourself yeah it's it's can be hard to explain as how exhausting it is just sitting on your ass for <laughs> nine hours a day but <laughs> they talked about this hey eh? on the way here yeah we did <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was I think one of my biggest lessons the first time around was, you know, going. There was a very much uh, a moment of me projecting uh, Goenka, the the teacher saying like I told you so when he says you know don't play the game of sensations, don't get attached to the highs or the lows. I and fell right for it. Yeah, me too. And we, I think we all do, and I think yeah. that's part of the part of the teaching is you know when the when he explains the levels of wisdom, the levels of panya, it's like the, there's the one that somebody you trust tells you this is truth. You're like, okay, that must be truth. Then the second level is when you kind of break it down intellectually and you're like, okay, this makes sense. And then the third one is when you live it for real, then that's when you actually understand it. So no matter what people say, and that's, I think that's the most profound thing about Vipassana is really that living wisdom. I think that's, and the more I think about it, the more like you know every uh, way of teaching or a- any any spiritual uh, tradition, et cetera, et cetera, all need to integrate that. And I think that's the lacking of most teaching. Uh, it's just like this is what you should believe. Perhaps they go to the next level and say, okay, this is why it makes sense. But it, it's like very very seldom do you do you it's intellectualized yeah you know they're missing in so many practices the actual experience of it mm-hmm. you know you take the the first two you you hear it and you apply it but you don't live it you mm-hmm. know yeah. and that's a big portion that's missing and that's creating more misery down the line as Guenka would say you know yeah it's like that that first person direct experience is not there for most of us mm-hmm. and that's why mm-hmm. it's like we understand it but we don't feel it and there's like I was telling my girlfriend like Best way to describe uh, Italy, uh, if you've never been to Italy, the best way, sorry, the best way to describe a pasta is like someone telling you how it smells in Italy, mm-hmm. but they've never been. Yeah, it's like you got to go there and smell Italy and feel the texture yeah. to really experience that 
that moment. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. what Pasana. It's like you're experiencing the what they're talking about. You're not just yeah. reading it and hearing about it. <laughs> it's know? funny too because that's like the big uh Maybe one of the biggest walls is like a beginner coming in and hopefully having guidance or like a teacher or something. And it's nice to have this built-in intellectual nugget that tells you this is not intellectualizable, Mm. you know? But then that's hard to chew on, first of all, because you have no context and you have to go right into practice. So it's like a little bit of a blind faith. There's that beginning of someone just telling you, trust me, this works. Mm -hmm. And that's why you kind of have to live that truth for someone to go, okay i'll give it a shot but a lot of yoga is it's not this you can't really point at what it is because it's so personal to the person so you're just saying not this not that you know like like you're like just make mistakes just find look search search and then you start circling around something inevitably and you're like oh okay i get it now or i or i'm starting to see the direction or whatever you know yeah or the the flavor the attitude whatever it is that you're trying to cultivate it starts kind of just rising on its own or something like like bread (laughs) it's funny you say that i'm hungry now i think (laughs) i've had bread in weeks oh it's true i'm so sorry (laughs) you're like you're doing keto like, why did you say bread, Sammy? <laughs> I'm not even craving it anymore. But ask me this one more. One week ago, I would have attacked you. Mm-hmm. Like, I need some <laughs> fucking bread. <laughs> but it's funny you say that because only in recently, I think 2018 or 2017 is when I really understood what yoga really meant. Mm. And f- up until, let's call it 2017, I was so competitive in class. I would go in class. And obviously, I'm not showing it, but in my mind, I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm going to be the best one in this fucking class. I'm going to fucking nail these handstands and this warrior pose could be better than anyone's. You just yeah. don't even notice you're doing it, right? Yeah. You're like... And then I don't know what happened. There was this woman next to me and she was just so in her practice. She was in like mid fifties, so deeply in her breathing and her eyes were closed like 99% of the class. Mm. And like, I'd never seen her before. Like the first time I saw her, we were in the, we were next to each other and she was just so at, like at Zen and I'm just comparing myself to her and I'm looking at her, she, her eyes are closed. And I'm like, wait, what the fuck's going on here? So then I tried the next class and I just started feeling what my body needed rather than what I wanted it to do. Mm-hmm. And that like opened this whole other door of what yoga really is. And it's nothing to do about the physical appearance. It was just that state of meditative state of your body and mind connecting as one. Mm-hmm. And that like blew my mind back in 2017. So it's funny you said it. It's like that bread was cooking and it's finally rising. Just took like four years of practice for me to realize it. Yeah, that's you know? like... You just put, uh, you know, the finger on one of the sources of frustration for, uh, you know, y- some yoga teachers who try to, you know, put nuggets of, you know, body connection, introspection in the classes. And, uh, you know, I often joke that, you know, yoga, the physical practice is like a gateway drug to mindfulness and meditation. I mean, that's like what it's been for mm. for me and so many other people, right, the attracted by the physical practice makes you feel good you sweat you have the boost of endorphins and etc teachers saying some bullshit about you know uh, breath and looking in, inwards and, da, 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 da. and at some point it actually happens and you're like oh wait a second there's something more here and then it starts to unravel sometimes it takes years and years and some people just continue practicing mm. power flow uh, gung-ho and 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 it and just goes over their head and i mean that's that's fine that's 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 what they need and whatnot yeah. but um but yeah there's that those those moments of living the wisdom like mm. you somebody's been telling you this same thing repeatedly for years 
you know, take care of yourself and this and that and take this moment to and Shavasana is the most important pose or whatever. And you're like, yeah, well, this is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> it's the hardest pose. <laughs> right, exactly. And yeah. you're like, wait, yeah, it is because I'm not here anymore when I'm in Shavasana. I'm already, you know, back at work or do, mm. uh, doing my grocery list. Or and you see and a that. muscle act to the thought yeah. when you're really trying to shut down the whole body. It mm. really is a eye-opening. Absolutely. And that's, I think that's the big, like... Vipassana is so amazing in in uh, in that observing or, or noticing the the mind and and sensation connection. There's, there's nowhere like, to run. Yeah. There's nowhere to run, and then in day to day life, if you, especially if you continue the practice, but even if if you don't, I think there's some lingering effects of just Definitely. getting to know, you know, noticing that you're in a certain state, and then. Something is jammed up, and being like, "Oh, I, I, I know that." Yeah. Just accepting, letting go. Yeah. And you know, Goenkaji in, in uh, he says it. He's like, "You're not going to become a, a Buddha after one ten day course, but like, you're usually pissed off <laughs> for six hours. Maybe you'll yeah. be pissed for five uh, once <laughs> you get back, and et cetera, et cetera. So it's like this process of, and that's that one good breath. Like that's yeah. a win. That's yeah. a good yeah. step. Well, exactly. yeah. yeah. Oh man." And I realize he says it like this is a very long journey. He says in the video over and over again, yeah. it's like a multi lives. You know, it's like even if you have small progress in this one, in their philosophy is like you're gonna have plenty more incarnations to continue that path. Yeah. yeah, yeah so it's, it's like, a fu- it's a nauseating thought when yeah. you think about how long this might actually be. Yeah, you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's so uh, vast and complex that you're just like, oh, okay, I don't get it. Like, I don't want to be dismissive. I want to reach where I can reach and understand and all that jazz. Yeah. But I'm not going to get that. I'm just not going to get it. So it's like, okay, just worry about what's going on in front of you. Yeah. yeah. Back to and it comes back to kind of like that notion of surrender, which mm-hmm. a lot of people have trouble with because, you know, we are all kind of trained to be skeptics in a, in a, skeptics in a, in a good way. You know, the scientific mind is a good thing because mm-hmm. we avoid so many uh you know uh, nowadays we Errors. could use a lot of more more skeptics well, in, in 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 the media and etc yeah. people don't have that scientific mind in the good way it's the best tool we have right now right you know at least in the present moment to upset assess information yeah but that's yeah skepticism makes people like avoid the surrender though because mm. yeah it's rewarding. It's, it's like uh, your can, ego feels like you, you you're getting a hang on yeah. something, and that's why some people leave, you know, and mm. and it's addressed in the teaching as well. It's like, yeah, you like you think that this is not for you, or what is this <laughs> hippy dippy bullshit? And yeah. this is just big resist for yeah, sure. It's yeah, it's just resistance that you're creating for yourself, and uh, instead of just giving it a shot and actually seeing what what's on the other side, right? And then when you have those walls of resistance, you're not only are they there, but you're tricking your mind into believing those walls. Mm-hmm. And then it's like you're just identifying. Defense mechanisms. Yes. You're descri- you just perfectly described defense <laughs> Yeah. I, I read somewhere even, I don't know how true this is, but I, when I read it, I was like, yep. Like <laughs> apparently when you learn, just when you are like creating new neural connections, your brain kind of interprets it as pain. <laughs> so like when you're changing the way you're you see things or the way you experience life like when you're learning new information there's there's 
biological resistance. <laughs> like it's just, it's like, it's no. like if I need to know this, it's gonna get connected. Yeah. So I'm gonna resist it. <laughs> like I don't know. It's like some weird evolutionary mechanism. Well, I guess so that yeah, because that your brain doesn't rewire itself constantly without any resistance. Because then we'd be just <laughs> crazy motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, actually, I've heard. From, I, I think Aubrey Marcus talked about it. It's like we're like a tree, you know. So like, imagine a tree was following the sun like really quickly and like flailing around. Yeah. It would like snap itself off and yeah. like. It would need so much more energy. It's like it's good that we don't just think and become, you know, like it takes like a lot of sometimes they tell you 15, 20 times before you actually finally learn it. You know, I think that's a good thing. But it's it's it is painful, though, because like I have a friend. She's never done Vipassana, but she's very like in tune with herself and, and thus says a lot of universal truths, you know, and she talks about the ego like um or some some recent experiences or hardships or something. She feels like she shines a light on the ego and it's like this gross kind of like it, it you know it, it needs love like everything else but it it doesn't want to be seen it wants to control in the background and and mm-hmm. and be the thing that that you are in a sense be the identity and it doesn't like being revealed mm-hmm. for all of its ugliness you know for all of its like it just wants to lie and be the the, the perfect yeah. f- like face sort mm-hmm. of so vipassana is just like 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 we said there's nowhere to run and and you just widen this beam of light and then this thing is running around like a cockroach with no fridge to to go underneath you know like it's just like fuck 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 <laughs> and eventually it kind of exhausts itself or maybe it doesn't but you're just there like looking at it and it's doing what it's doing and you're you feel less you feel a little more removed from the the mechanism or something i don't know but you said it best it does exhaust itself because of this duration of 10 days, there's literally only so much bullshit you can spew out into your mind before it's it just starts to get old. All these defense mechanisms. And sometimes they say it's like day six is like the one of the hardest, or day five was like one of the hardest days or something. Yeah. Two and six, day, I think it was. It's like day two and six. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's day six is because the ego is so exhausted from the, the repetitive 4.30 a.m. wake-up bell, the fucking going to bed at 10, the sitting down for eight, nine, eight, nine, 10 hours, whatever. And then just said by day six, you're like, I can't do anymore. And that's where the real work happens because that idea of self is completely washed out. I lasted until day four, I think, <laughs> when I when I was like, I'm not even halfway through. And my mind just went like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and I, that was a rough day. And then it just, I'm like, okay, yeah. mm-hmm. I just gave up. I just, the rest of it was. So it's surrender, yeah. And then it's, I mean, for me, it's like a loop. Like mm. the, the, the the faster you break down, the faster you your ego builds itself back up, and and uh, there's always this cycle of you know it's not just one layer, it's not just like mm. that one cockroach. It's like you you find that one cockroach and like you look at him, and then you f- realize that there's a family uh, behind the wall there that's falling apart. Or like it's like it's like <laughs> made of like the cockroach is made of cockroaches yeah, or made exactly. of rooms with other lights with other cockroaches they're <laughs> like ah! <laughs> it gets really uh fractal or something yeah. that's a good point though it's because when you're taking the bricks away from that ego you're putting the bricks behind you and you're building another fucking ego and it's like levels of bosses that you have to face to get to that state you know? i like that yeah i just thought a... of that it was just like fuck because that's how it felt yeah. it's like i was piecing off i'm like fuck yeah we're, we're getting deeper deeper yeah. but this fucking wall is towering over me and before you know it i'm just like fuck this is literally like a craft or a game or something and people who've played it before are like okay this is gonna happen yeah. and then you're gonna think this is happening but then this is happening yeah. <laughs> and then like vipassana is really good for that too i like they they 
give you so much context that you don't even know what they're talking about at first. And then as the days go on, you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was a little uh, uh, apprehensive to, uh, going back and having to, you know, 10 days of you know, audio tapes and the same thing and all that. But it's it, it was great because you get to really get deeper in your practice and kind of tune out when you know what's going to be said. Mm-hmm. And then there's always these snippets of things that you perhaps forgot. And you're just like, oh, wait a second, I get that. And he said it like a thousand times the first time, but it didn't really sink in. Mm. But now it's actually sinking in for real. A little Tetris piece falls in the yeah, right place. Like, <laughs> like, oh. well. And speaking of like, you know, kind of gamification of it, I think that's it's something that's useful. Useful. It's like a, a double-edged sword. It's like any visualization or any kind of um, over-conceptualization could impede the practice. But I think mm-hmm. that kind of this boss levels and et cetera is useful to help you just start again and be mm-hmm. like, no, okay, that's just an infinite video game of me facing me. And then hmm. I watched wow. Star Wars recently and stuff, so I was face-to-face with my my Sith version of myself. <laughs> like it was like Darth, Darth, what did I call him? Darth Dracius, <laughs> I think. And it was just to like... This kind of see facets of your of you that ego of like there's this you know dark rage and all the stuff that you like to think that you're not but is that it's still there. Mm. There's your higher self, which is all the things that you like to pat yourself on the back about. That there's a higher higher self that's actually just compassion and love and whatever. And then there's the ego higher self of like a of the projection of whatever positive thing you want to be. And then oh, okay, like the, what's it called? The superego or the something? The superego, yeah. And uh, and like between the two, there's this like, there's that monkey. The body sort of. The like d- the well, the, the, the dude is just like throwing wrenches around. And like he's just fucking with everybody because he's, and he, but he's also yeah. this like a source of kind of like, uh, fun and and joy right so this is like these i i I visualize this like three three dudes so like this darkness dude of rage and whatever who's also very just very sad and 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 has all this side there's the higher self who's you know got all this love compassion but is a little bit on the high horse and then you got the the, the trickster the trickster the joker in the in between messing around with both of the them the wild card yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. Um, this moment of like visualizing that I was like oh that's pretty cool wow. so it's cool to see that and to be like okay that's kind of mm-hmm. like you can see how th- certain thoughts coming into your mind are sourced or source from either one of these which I found useful to be like ah that's funny recognize that but then come back to the practice mm. but it's dangerous to like be too much in that visualization or else it becomes like too much of a hard truth instead of just like a useful yeah tool it's like you have to take your own um what are the, what would you call those these like moments of of inspiration or enlightenment where you're like oh this is really me this is how i work hmm. and there's so much value to that and then like a voice in your head or maybe the dvd or something like the video like the sound says like go back like start again and you're like oh but this is so cool though yeah. <laughs> you're like exactly. no man just yeah. Look at the black of your eyes and feel your body. Yeah. You know, I, I remember, I, I'm sure, similar experience, but like at, on the 11th day, let's say, like you're able to talk to everybody again. And we're, we're sharing some experiences. Um, 
and you know we talk about how you kind of get stuck sometimes you're going down like an arm or you're trying to do the arms with the torso or something and just yeah. scan and then like like a piece gets stuck somewhere and the rest keeps going down and mm -hmm. you're like you're like what 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 and I, I was trying to explain like how I get out of it to a to my one of my bunk mates and I was like you know I just start kind of moving back and forth and just kind of giving it attention but then remembering to keep scanning but I just go back up like I don't try to race myself down to my feet mm -hmm. and then he goes like oh man but then i'd be looking like this 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 this, and i'm like i'm like i just caught you man like i'm no teacher but like i can tell you're you're visualizing your body because your eyes are closed but now your eye your eyes are darting like you're seeing your body like that's your there's a it's a deity it's an it's an image like there is no image mm. i mean there is but go to the senses go to the black behind your eyelids go to the feeling of your body it's for me personally, I have a lot of physical awareness and a lot of it turns into this visual experience for me, whether my eyes are opened or not. There's mm -hmm. this deep imagination about how my body feels. Even when I'm in Shavasana, I can kind of see these snakes like rushing around my body and eating my tension. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's a that's a deep visual experience that, uh, that according to Vipassana is like complete bullshit. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there's a truth to it or a usefulness to it, but not, there are no real snakes, yeah. you know, whatever that is, is an interpretation happening in my mind. And I need to get ahead of that. Yeah. Actually, or I want to anyway. I spoke to the teacher about this because at some point, you know, as a yoga teacher of a decent knowledge of anatomy. And I actually spoke also to uh, my buddy and fellow uh, teacher, Carl, who was there with me uh, last time, who's studying in, um, to be a, a, an acupuncturist nice. so he's like even much deeper knowledge of me and of the meridians, meridians et cetera, yeah. et cetera. and you know I was discussing how this knowledge can has helped me kind of spark the awareness of sensation by having a blind area and being like what is there this okay i can kind of feel it which is useful useful as kind of like a, a spark or, or trigger mm -hmm. but if you stay stuck in that, then it's just the intellectual mind being like, oh, this is my jaw or this is my upper uh, you start creating. And you start creating yeah. instead of just feeling. Because it could be just like, you can feel things very specifically or it could be just like a, a yeah. mass of sensation. It doesn't matter. You don't have to feel every little micro thing. Eventually it'll just happen by itself, right? Because mm -hmm. you'll just and pass faster i mean I, I i'm thinking of pain as you're speaking because yeah. I, I i relate to everything you're saying but it's like through pain yeah so it's a lot of times you're in pain and there's this radiating pain that's just really not there it's like unconsciously or otherwise you're like adding to it somehow mm -hmm. making it worse playing the victim a little oh my shoulder hurts you <laughs> know like so you tell you're adding a little story to it but if you zoom in if you box that pain in you realize the limits are way smaller than you realized and now just from focusing on the pain it's so much it's so diminished and you're you can actually maybe assess what the damage is so to speak what the real pain is and maybe even what the cause is it's interesting because there there's a knee-jerk reaction to to add you know you think you're just observing but you're adding and i really i gained a lot from 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 being able to like even when i'm in Vipa when i was doing vipassana and since then feeling internally like actually feeling my body and not visualizing it 
a way for me to do that was to remember pains, mm -hmm. to, to be able to feel like my kidneys or my liver or like things, things internally or like my lungs. I'm remembering times when they weren't working right because I don't f really feel them otherwise. So it's like I'm coughing a lot because I smoked or something or I'm sick or like I have a headache. So like the inside of my head suddenly is like sens sensible, you know, like I, I literally was pulling from memories and then maybe that's a spiral too, a little imagination spiral, but, but it was kind of like a, a reference point. Yeah. Well, in that sense, injury and pain is a huge teacher, right? Because you become aware of something that you weren't necessarily like, you don't really, like you can intellectualize, like, you know, bending your knees to pick something up or whatever, but you really realize how important it is once you hurt your back. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that oh, sense yeah, of like, like wisdom is in the experience. And uh, and in the sense of like adding layers on on your experience, I think that's that's something that I one of those intellectual lessons that I really integrated in particularly in vipassana, but also in yoga. It's the idea of like the the two arrows. I don't remember specifically where it comes from, but I remember it from my yoga teacher training. In the sense that uh, you know life throws arrows at you, you know any anything that causes pain, discomfort, suffering. And we have this tendency of shooting a second arrow in the same spot by being guilty because of our reaction or making whatever pain it was worse by uh, adding layers of projection of that that pain is going to come back and et cetera, et cetera, instead of just seeing the pain and being like, what's the actual damage that this thing is creating? And then when you're sitting there and you're, whole leg is like throbbing and you think that it's going to fall off and you're actually starting to get hip hypochondriac and you're like oh shit is my knee actually fucked up and and then and you just slow down and you're like no you've just been sitting on your ass for a while <laughs> yeah for eight hours hurts, <laughs> yeah. and it's okay and just and then if you take that attitude for long enough you see this vibration and then you can go past that blinding sensation and see subtle sensations underneath and then mm. at some point the blinding one just kind of calms down and you're like oh wait that wasn't so bad finally or it just becomes noise like yeah. you you see past the label mm. so it's kind of like that that radiating radiating like that addition you know like you just become more honest with the experience and i mean i, I i'm reluctant to use this use this word but you transcend it yeah you transcend yourself like you're like you're we're label makers you know we're just oh i know this i know that i know this and especially when you're in a hypochondriac state a little bit of a fear state there's a big opportunity to surrender mm -hmm. so you just you fall through it and you go like oh it's just this there was this big old lid that i put on top of it and i trapped it and it f it started steaming but it's just this yeah, it's like just take off <laughs> <Yeah>. the lid <laughs> well, that's that's surrender man and that's it's like a meme i've shared on i think it's a lot yeah i think it's a meme i shared on facebook a while back and it reminds me of this it's like this guy was it was a cartoon he's holding a rope and his hand was all bloody and it was that image and the one right under is like sometimes letting go is easier than holding on and then he lets go and his hands there's two one holding on all bloody and the other one just letting go of that and it's you have that pain and it's so strong in your knee or your butt or whatever and then at some point you either just look at it and instead of like fuck like this is terrible you just kind of back out and it just dis dissipates in front of your eyes mm -hmm. and it's only painful because you're really holding on to that pain mm -hmm. maybe even physically yeah just like your breath changes your, yeah. and your it's body all fueling like it. 
it's all feeling it. And I had that in Vipassana in my back. There was like four dots in my mid-spine. Like, like I can see it in my eye. It was like boom, 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 boom. And I was just looking at each one. And I would get through one of them and then to the next one and then the next one. And I was just from observing. And then I got excited. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm getting rid of this pain. And they all came back. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fuck. I have to do this again. Okay. And I restarted. But it was like that's it's like this story you're telling yourself like that's painful that's really painful that's not mm-hmm. making me feel good and you just fuel that that second arrow that you were talking about because yeah. we identify with that second arrow it's mm. like it becomes a huge part of the ego and our, our our definition of who we are is how how we react strongly to things right we're like so attached yeah. to we're so attached to like fixing things in life which is super useful because you know we have to be action oriented in order to to get things done right and that's you know vipassana and, and the the attitude is is very far from non-action it's non-reaction right so once you stop reacting and letting go of those that attachment to pain and like your opinion about it or your you, this is how i react to this and this is how this should be then you act much more authentically and and without all the bullshit which is like you th- and it's funny because you think being attached to this ego reaction that you're being free and that you're deciding this but you're actually just a slave to that like to that neural pathway of whatever trauma that came from your childhood or whatever somebody told you you're supposed to be an intellectual point of view whereas the true freedom is letting go of that and 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 just acting from a more profound uh, state of detachment a benevolent detachment but yeah acceptance people people feel like their like acceptance is like uh, like a holier than thou like you have to let go and just accept it's like part of that is accepting that you have power to change things and desire to change things it's true surrender to the moment to the experience it's confusing what that looks like sometimes and the ego is going to come in at light speed sometimes and Mm -hmm. give you doubt and confusion and but it's it's just an all-encompassing like flow it's not like it's not being stupid or lazy or something it's just understanding through experience only really that the strength like the, like you're in a river and the way you harness the power of the river is letting yourself go with the flow if you try to fight it you're gonna lose mm-hmm. so it's 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 an allowance yeah. it's allowing yourself to to stop fighting and to go with the flow and it's it's images and metaphors and i don't know but the, actually i wanted to ask you and, it, and it's related because um they speak about it in uh, in vipassana and it's something i've always thought about and tried to integrate and i'm i'm it's something I have a hand in. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like surrender. I'm kind of trying to manipulate it, but I'm wondering your opinion on it. Um, the idea of taking this to the streets, so to speak. You know, like you're sitting for hours, you're cultivating a certain equanimity, and you have a lot of context at vipassana as well. So the intellectual has a lot to chew on, and it trickles into the practice very well, an informed faith, if you will. So he starts talking in the later days about like you know go outside and do this you're not you're not doing it now because you're cultivating something if you do it out there and you're you're you feel the wind or if your eyes are open there's so much more to be distracted about and it's it's a next step of the practice because the the goal is to open your eyes and still be scanning to open your to walk around and still meditate or still practice this still 
still just let the river take you kind of thing yeah so like do you ever try to do that i mean i'm sure you do i know i'm sure we all do but like what's your what's your thought on kind of trying to enact that consciously like does it just come from sitting and doing the work or do you want to like try to wear a hat so to speak mm. like to to put your mind in that state because you know where the seat is in your mind yeah. so you go okay i'm going to try to hold on to that and i'm going to get up and walk around and i'm going to speak and do a podcast or yeah. go to a party or something <laughs> i think that it comes first and foremost through a conscious uh, effort because any new habit uh, has has to go through that and like you know the second time you're going and even as you said like you know day uh, i think it's day eight or something like that where he actually says it is like now the challenge is to continue practicing even between the meditation sessions so like always be conscious every step you take every bite you take etc when you go back the one of the first couple days the teacher reminds you he's like remember you guys are old school so right away like try to practice at every second so just nice. having that habit of getting up and doing that i think it's still like to, for, for that to then be transposed into everyday life i mean some people integrate it faster than others that you just keep going back you keep giving yourself that intention you can give yourself cues or tricks to come back to that state uh, but eventually it'll be internalized and you don't have to think about it, it makes me think of um, some neuroscience uh, you know studies that have been done on the brain like let's say it takes like eight weeks of daily practice for the prefrontal cortex to inhibit the amygdala's stress response let's say so that means your conscious brain is being like i know this take it easy it's all good right but there's that process but after 20 30 years of practice there's not like there's not even that blip prefrontal cortex that's activated it's just like you've trained your amygdala to just have a more controlled response to things mm. and i think that's the same the same notion of uh isn't your amygdala control your it's like the emotion like the emotion center yeah so it's like the 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 monk the, the the reptilian part of the reptilian brain so it's the emotional center which is so for most concentrated um like focused based meditation it'll dampen the activity but for something like loving kindness meditation then it'll it fires up the amygdala but in a positive way right it, then it sends all these connections of you know uh, sending out love and compassion etc etc but all that to say that yes i find like after the first time sh you try and integrate a little bit in daily life just as it's tough to integrate a daily practice mm. and stick to it uh, at some point after a couple times going i went to the 10 day i went to the three day and now back to the 10 day it gets easier to integrated daily practice it gets easier to to have these moments of oh yeah i forgot i'm supposed to be aware of my sensations and mm -hmm. that just yeah even in my question it's like i forgot it i can almost hear like i had this, the teacher at the time and i would ask questions and he would have almost the same answer every time it's like just observe bro yeah. like what are you yeah. talking yeah. about <laughs> like That's you have one job yeah. and it's like oh fuck like i that. keep getting I keep tripping over myself and it's yeah. like no no just observe, just observe. like fuck yeah. <laughs> it's so simple it's so hard <laughs> yeah, it's a domino effect it's like that autom automatic um <clears throat> like as soon as you come back to that 
body scan. It could be mo moment, and that's uh, it could be just a moment, and that's why I, like I had a hard, a lot of hard time the first time coming back because I was hard on myself for missing meditation, etc. And the this, second arrow, yeah, the second arrow, voila. And instead, I'm just like, yo, any moment of the day that I can take to to just be like zero oh okay mm. sensations oh yeah something's hurting something's feeling oh i feel that stress ball that's cool yeah. okay then you you did it and yeah. just that <laughs> uh, al allowance uh, or uh, allowing myself to have that space i have i've meditated every day since i got back because of that just like freedom that i've given myself instead of it's rigid yeah the rules. rigid yeah. it's it's we it's kind about of it. contradictory, yeah. right? That like you, you go there, it's super disciplined, super rigid. He even tells you like do an hour in the morning, an yeah. hour at night, you yeah. know, like. And in my mind, I was thinking about that on my way here, and I was like, they say that probably because yeah, it's the best way to do it because like twice a day, etc. You get to process whatever you went through, you clear out your brain from the night's sleep, clear out your mind from the day that you had. But probably knowing that an hour in morning, an hour night, it's like even if you do 10 minutes in the evening, 20 minutes in the morning, as long as you have that direction or that intention, the bar is there. But if you go anywhere under it, you're still maintaining practice and being, and that's still very beneficial, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah repetition. It's yeah. like, it's hard to remember that. Like, we say it a lot, <laughs> but it's like, it's, I, I don't have the faith yet, you know, yeah. or I guess I'm getting there. It's repetition. It's just reps, man. Yeah. We're just monkeys. We're just programmable. Just repeat, repeat, repeat. And it's remembering just like this one, like one of the, I was talking to uh, to Carl about this on the, on the drive back, talking about keeping our practice alive. It's remembering that it's not just a, a chore, that it's every time you sit, it's a gift that you're giving yourself, right? Mm. Just like going to the gym and et cetera, you can have you can v see it as oh fuck i gotta go back i'm committed and sometimes you do need that little kick but if you remember that you like you're giving yourself it's christmas every day if you if you do that for yourself then you remember schwarzenegger so when he's like i'm coming into yeah. gym i'm coming i'm, I'm coming, coming on the time <laughs> i'm coming backstage i'm coming on stage with five thousand people i'm coming day and night <laughs> but it's true man um, and i think Part of it is we play into the second arrow of just creating this, this self. What's the word for it? Just like self sabotage. Self sabotage, destruction of yourself because fuck, I missed the day. I suck, and that that voice repeats. We spoke about that at a lot of podcasts. Like just reprogramming that mindset because it doesn't actually benefit you in any way. It's just, but we've put so much attention, and maybe it comes from childhood, from from authority figures putting you down, whether it was parents, whether it was teachers. It was repeated at some point. Yeah, it's and it, it calcified. Habit. Yeah, and it's just part of us, and we're unprogramming that. But it's going to be painful and a lot of work. But it's like you said, little wins, five, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, eyes closed. If you have five <laughs> minutes in the middle, in between classes, let's say. Mm -hmm. I call them a, cat meditations. <laughs> you just you just close <laughs> you just close, and then you hear a sound, and you're like. And you close again. <laughs> well, that's what it is. Because sure, there's the practice itself of sitting, but like when you're there, you're supposed to do it at all times. So it's not just when you're sitting, right? So it is if you do it for 30 seconds, then you're still doing it for 30 seconds. And the teacher often said, all the, you know, when the new students especially have a really hard time and, and they're like, ah, oh, you know, this whole hour I was thinking about this, that, and the next. And uh, 
zero equanimity. It's like if you even if you have one single moment of focus and clarity, it's like checkbox win. You you you, you nail that meditation. Yeah. You you got it right. Yeah. And that's all we need sometimes is that little self pat on the back because mm. you forget you keep doing something, doing something, digging the same hole, and getting discouraged because you haven't hit the hit the water or hit the treasure yet but this treasure all along the way right yeah you forget that it's hilarious how the mind works and it's like i have a possible we start sharing that this guy came up to me. he was my call him my co-pilot he was next <laughs> to me the whole time and he's like he came to me he's like dude you, you you gave me so much strength and i'm like fuck i felt it too like there was a deep connection there and he was talking he's like there was like four days man where i felt fucking nothing i was so pissed like i the first couple of days i was really feeling it then i was just blank and i'm like dude i'm like you're just experiencing experiencing a nietzsche and its finest like impermanence but you're in it and you're making it permanent you know you just got to find equanimity in there and he's like yeah you're right man i didn't think of it like that like yeah. your mind just gets ahead of you and it's it just creates those, it's one of those first door or one of those recurring doors i guess where you're like you're, the practice is working and so, and a part of you goes oh i got like i, I found something mm-hmm. and it's like nope you fucking you trapped buddy <laughs> you, you got you so many times it happens all the time fuck it was i think it was <laughs> day <laughs> six or seven when it's, i was there uh, day six and i hit this like what, what do they call that state of vibration like bumka or something or bump it's like with the, the um uh, the banga banga yeah yeah the dissolution banga. yeah yeah the banga so i i felt this like <laughs> it was the same experience of 5meo dmt where it was just like no visuals no nothing it was just being in the in like its purest form and what what is being in its purest form is just vibration mm-hmm. so i was like in this frequency and i'm like Whoa, you know like i'm trying to keep the ego out of it and i'm like fuck i've been here before where i was like wanted to scratch my head you know and then it just disappeared (laughs) yeah and i'm like no (laughs) and i lost it i went into this state of like fucking depression because goenka at the end of that day is just like and don't hold on to that feeling if you like it was like perfectly timed and then two days after that i had zero just like fuck i'm going back to the panayama what panna anapana anapana just breathing and focusing here and i couldn't even feel that i was getting so i spoke to the teacher and like such a cool dude he's just like who wouldn't grab onto that like we all would just that's go back. nice that he he like took the second arrow out yeah he's like this is cool bro we all do that yeah because i went like, to him in oh, a panic thanks. look, look like, at his scars yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> just everywhere yeah you know like i went to him in a panic and he just like fuck yeah man i would do it too so I, like that's wisdom you know, he's been there. He's done that probably fucking 50 bit for as he's grabbed onto it. Yeah. So just hearing that, I'm like, oh, okay, okay. My yeah. I, letting go, I feel like I didn't know? have, I mean, I'm glad I had the teacher that I had, but he didn't have that kind of like compassion or mm-hmm. love. He just like had a really good sense of the practice, mm-hmm. which I liked because I think my intellectual, like, like for me, it's a Rubik's cube. How do I figure it out? And he's like, it's a practice. Mm-hmm. It's just a practice. And that clicks really hard for me. That's something I tell people a lot. I hope it clicks for them too. But it's like, you know, I'm, tr- I'm, you know, but for him to just be like, oh, I've been there, man. The humility. That, that feels really good. You're like, yeah. oh, like you're the you're the teacher in this situation, but you're saying like, samezies, bud. Yeah, that's cool. exactly. <laughs> and that's what must yeah. be a challenge for the teacher is to like to keep that compassion and that uh, that equanimity when you have all these new students coming trying to like figure it out right trying to like as you said rubik's cube and like 
what is this and this and just repeating it like I sit around a little sometimes to, to hear what the questions are and to hear what the, the answers are and the, it's always along the same lines right it's always you know, it's it's the eager white belt yeah you know yeah. shows up to the gym fuck yeah I'm gonna be, be the next GSP <laughs> and it's like fuck yeah what can I fight and then they get their ass kicked a hundred thousand times over until they realize fuck I ain't shit yeah. <laughs> you know I was that guy back in Jiu Jitsu I was like when am I getting my next belt? When am I ne- my next belt? And then I just, you have to get your ass kicked a little when bit. When you least expect it. <laughs> that is when you will ascend. That's it. Like, yeah. I can and imagine the frustration that they probably have to contain and work through. And I've had a few of those experiences that you were describing of like, especially the, like the first time I was like, hell yeah, I got this meditation thing. Nailed it, right? And then the next day or the mm. next few hours, like complete. You're just so in your body and you feel and like, gross yeah. and hungry and you're there's pain. Like, oh, and yeah. What am I doing here? Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's the exact brick wall you just put behind you. Yeah. You know, by piecing away this wall. Yeah. And then you turn around and you're like, it's I like got it's a this monster. Dang. And yeah. then you knock your head against <laughs> it. And so. <laughs> Perfect metaphor. Yeah. And then this time around, I think that's one of the, one, one of the best lessons that I took from the first time was that knowing that there was the ups and downs they're still going to happen that's like but just accepting them makes like that the loops a little bit shorter in the sense that like when you go up to this kind of crazy sensation you're just like oh it's there actually makes that cool stuff last a little longer Hmm. and then when it goes away you don't beat yourself up about it so just you see all the you're not feeling anything, then you're saying, okay, go back to Anapana, or go if you're deep inside the body, then just go back to the skin level and just restart. And then at some point, just by restarting, you at some point, holy shit, I'm super deep right away, right away, like yeah. half the time that it would have mm-hmm. taken me the first time. Wow. Just because you're like, you're like described, like, that's a, that's a nice, like, um, like a, that's a nice way of explaining the letting go and the go with the flow and the reward that you get for it because maybe that's a little ambiguous sometimes but you spell it out so perfectly and it's um uh, i kind of lost my thought there whatever we'll go back to it but (laughs) but in that sense that yeah in that sense that it's like like it's it's super like you know when you're going up that roller coaster that tuck, 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 that's super like it's like an anxious feeling anticipation it's like and then you hit it and it's this best feeling and you're 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 rolling but then you know at some point that it's that's gonna end the ride's gonna end you get a wait in line if you want to go again et cetera, et cetera. but like you have to do all that if you want to do that and you can't just get the the good parts no you have to go through the lineup and the yeah. fucking walking around or whatever. It's it's all part of it, and it's yeah. the only way to really appreciate the good part. Yeah, but not really appreciate because you're just observing it. But yeah. seeing everything as just its functioning it's, mechanism. I think it's just like some kind of truer, or more sustainable happiness, because a, like happiness maybe is like a high, with an, with an inevitable low because of just how humans work just the contrast and the mm-hmm. fear of losing it and all this stuff like you just described how to avoid all that you know mm-hmm. and equanimity allows you like the this too shall pass mentality is always useful because when you're going through something hard it saves you you know there's the lean on me song where they say like sometimes we all feel sorrow but mm-hmm. if we're wise we know there we still we know there's still tomorrow mm-hmm. like that's a beautiful line because mm-hmm. it, it's like oh 
this is not forever, even though it feels like it is. But then when you're in a good moment, if you can remember Anicca and, and what you've and like try to apply it there as well, then you're you're enjoying it more because, you know, it's fleeting Bingo. and you get more out of it. And you're okay when it's gone because your expectation now lines up with reality. Yeah. And whoosh. And now could you're be, going down the river. Yeah, it could be contradictory, like seemingly contradictory for somebody who's, I don't know, like a little too YOLO uh, or, or, or hedonistic. And like, yeah, well, like if you're detached and you don't enjoy things, like, ooh, all right, <laughs> uh, how could you enjoy life? But it's like, no, it's knowing that that thing, that good thing is not going to last makes you just appreciate it a little bit more but without being just being like huh this is is amazing instead of being like oh this is amazing i don't want to ever stop this and i think (laughs) it's uh i think i would tell that person to think of it like a stock you know like if you're putting your money in bitcoin and it's flying up and flying down or something i mean i don't know the stock market or anything but if if you zoom out like we've talked about and you see like apple has all these ups and downs in a day but it's just going like this mm-hmm. it's just climbing over zoom time out long enough yeah so you want those highs but it'll give you those lows because you're lying to yourself essentially whereas if you're always a little content then over time what you've cultivated is really beautiful really and then and then allows you to be happier in sad moments and less sad when the happier moments are gone appreciate the happier moments more deeply etc even appreciate the sad moments just for the contrast that's like an intellectual thing for a lot of people but when you're in a sad moment and you can be grateful for it that's weird yeah that's like Mm, it's crazy a little nuanced (laughs) it's a little (laughs) yeah one of my uh, coping mechanisms or i don't know tools to kind of integrate the practice was like thanking the pain at some point i was just like oh, okay okay yeah. like when it was really really getting like quasi unbearable not like the not like the stage where you're completely torturing yourself but that point where your ego is like okay you should move okay this is time you've done enough and this and that and you're just like no okay no observe be like you know thank you pain for teaching me all this shit and etc cetera, etc cetera. And related to what you were saying with the stocks, it's like, you know, when we were talking about the Zen circle before, then you integrate those two and it creates like a, a, you know, this 3D spiral that even goes up up and down like that. But eventually Mm. there's still this line that, because you're you're experiencing so many things, but if you just maintain and keep that equanimity, you're still going up and then you forget about a certain lesson, you go back down. So even within the uh, up and down experiences, your reaction to it is also an, an up and down because you forget lessons, you remember them, and then like you get into back into old habit patterns, yeah. and you realize that, and then you come back up a little bit. And I love the image of a spiral when you're talking about like uh, self discovery because you're or whatever the journey, the path because there is a there is a let's say a different longitude but a similar latitude. Mm-hmm. You are revisiting things, but in a different place and time or you're a different person mm-hmm. or whatever like a, a spiral is perfect but then also like you're saying that it's like this fractal that that experience is on the up mm. and then like people who analyze stocks and do like day trading or something they have all these other lines that they're looking at based on that information and then you can see like the real trend let's say mm-hmm. and there's this line in between in, the, in between all the ups and downs and that's kind of that wisdom 
of seeing through what's really going on and and that line that medium uh is uh like that average is like the equanimity that is accessible yeah you know that's your attitude the the life is actually the number is actually doing all that up and down but yeah. there is this awareness that is always ready to be plugged into hmm. and it's tough to remember that because you're not like well, supposed you're to think about the that right you're supposed yeah. to think about the actual whatever is going mm. on constant that's what you're supposed to observe but with this background consciousness of the spiral and et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's tough to just stay grounded when you try to. It's a lot of yoga for me personally because <laughs> I, I'm that Rubik's Cube brain, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I have a lot of intellectual um, like U-turns, uh, if you will. Yeah. You know, like things that I'll, I'll be like, oh, I'm thinking, thinking, thinking. And then I go like something that is a good thought that is like a, like a well-trained thought that explains to my monkey mind why, why I should just go back to the practice, so to speak. So it, it's it's useful. I mean, as a yoga teacher, I'm sure you, you you know like the there's different schools of thought. You know, there's there's the postures and the and the meditation and stuff. But then there you can go into the scriptures. You can go into just uh, focusing on daily action and and servitude. And then there's also the idea of of just praising God or whatever that means to you and just singing and chanting and mm -hmm. all of these have a way of getting you to the same place. So that's and I feel like a most people, I might be wrong about that. I'd love your opinion, but I feel like most people can benefit from all of them. Mm -hmm. Some people just hit one note and it gets them there, but I don't know. Well, I think well, everything, uh, there's a lot of forms of yoga, spiritual practice, or even like sports that can get you to a certain state, I think. But it, uh, it makes me think of this book I've been reading called Altered Traits by um, these two uh, scientists who've been studying meditation for like 50 years or something that does cool all these practices is all kinds of practices that alter your state but there are very few that alter your traits long term say. Mm. so I mean Vipassana is something that's really deeply covered as well in, uh, within the teachings right the opinion of you know, a mantra meditation or chanting or uh, spiritual visualization is great for focusing the mind, for calming you, but it's not addressing the deep-rooted issues and, like, really rooting out some, some profound stuff. And it's similar to, uh, to like, a short-term uh, meditation or short-term meditators, uh, you know, f from all these studies, be it... Uh, be it neurologically or just in their opinion of their own happiness or, or you know, how, how they're acting in life. It's like this short-term states that are attained from short-term meditation, but the long-term traits are only modified once you go really, really deep. And I think that that applies to all of these things. I think you can really have a, if you maintain your practice of physical postures of jogging of going to the gym of chanting of all these things you're going to get these uh, altered states which may have some uh, trait effects on the long term they're 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 like uh, condensed yeah just just because you you you've integrated that completely and you have this constant release so that like you know it's a lot lighter but um but i think that's like that 
that really that self-observation is is the only way to go like completely completely super deep into some some deeper core things like you can like i love chanting as well because this vibrations you but it's like at some point it wears off you are seeking something at that point you know like there's a benefit to i don't know if you're if i'm doing asana or if i'm chanting or something i even listen to like i don't know like some Ram Das, some, like a group of people chanting, it takes me back, you know, and it feels good. And hearing a bunch of people all oming at the same time, like mm-hmm. there's, it's all, I'm all, I'm chasing a lot of sensation. And in those moments when that doesn't work or when I can't access those, I, I'm, I'm strongly reminded that there's really one practice and it's accept, 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 accept. Mm-hmm. And it's really fun to, I mean, it's starting to get fun because I'm, I'm that second arrow is less present in my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, like I'm trying to sleep and I can't and I'm stressed about work tomorrow. Great time to observe. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm like having sex. Great time to observe. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm high as fuck and like a little drunk and I'm dizzy and I don't know what's going on. Perfect time to observe. <laughs> Anytime. They're, you're doing the dishes. Like there's, there's so many. I'm trying to think of times when you just don't want to be there sort of yeah and your skin is crawling and you and this puts you this sinks you into your body instead of taking stuck you out in of traffic it. in a snowstorm perfect <laughs> it's hard to observe perfect <laughs> stuck in traffic like you could be shaking at the freaking yeah. wheel and screaming and stuff yeah. one time i was stuck in my car and it was so hot and i i just said fuck it i started blasting the heat and i put my coat on i'm like free sauna like I, I don't know. I just went with it that day. I was like, nope, I'm gonna have fun. And that was like us on the way to ayahuasca. We were just in traffic, no AC, just burning up in the car. Yeah, remember just, that? And it was funny. You even said it like, "This is the first step. <laughs> this is, we're not even there yet. Already, already, surrender has begun." <laughs> exactly. I, I just want to. I love this conversation, but I think does it beep at thirty minutes or only hours? No, we're probably over. I thought of it okay, also. Because he has to go. Oh shit! What oh, time is shit. it? Oh shit! It's eleven thirty. What the fuck? That oh, is, we've been doing this snap. quite a bit, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's Audrey, like I, I wish it could have been like three hours. It's <laughs> fucking fun. Yeah, we could have. I, all I wrote down was slap yoga. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. That's all, yeah. that's all I'm going to remember. <laughs> this is great, man. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. a pleasure to have you, man. That was fucking pleasure fun. Here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll have another chat once I, you know get into dmt and ayahuasca and stuff <laughs> oh, that's where the uh the theory continues yeah, into exactly. practice and that's uh it's i find vipassana is like one of the best prerequisites for psychedelics like you've already experienced it but for those who want to experience it if you have the 10 days it will teach you a lot about surrendering and observe surrendering and observing mm. and that is like the main principles of the psychedelic realm it's like you got to observe and you got to surrender no matter how fucking hard it is amen <laughs> all right everyone that's all we got to say. Well, um, you're, you usually give the floor to the yeah. guest if they have some Instagram or something. I don't know. Like, we got some people listening. Maybe they'll right. check you out. Um, well, my, my Instagram is Dre B Living. Nice. <laughs> I so love it. Like the letter my, B? My, yeah. Because okay. my last name is Barsalu as well. So okay, people, awesome. my friends call me Dre. So Dre B Living. And uh, yeah, so I post, I'm like not super active, but I post my retreats up there, nice. post some inspiring stuff when I, when I feel so, uh, so inclined about meditation, Vipassana, food, regenerative agriculture and mm. things like that. So 
always looking to connect with people who are curious about that stuff. And Fuck yeah. yeah. We'll put a link down there in the description. And until then. Come back, man. This yeah. is lovely talking. <laughs> to you. I would love that. <laughs> right, Stay curious, it. chimps. Stay curious. Mwah. <laughs> Dude, that was fun, man. Yes, that was cool. Thank that was you. Nice.